Of the three Pac-12 football dark horses I talked about on the last episode of Locked On Pac-12, which one has the most favorable schedule? Might be a combination of the two. Let's go. Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On and Pac-12 Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view if you're watching on YouTube every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions every weekday. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you are listening to or watching the show. Appreciate five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Nice comments over there. All that good stuff. So on the last episode of the show, I talked about the teams that were the favorites, according to Bet Online, our sponsor here at the Locked On Network, going into the 2022 football season. I talked about some dark horses as well, and I didn't go full in depth with the schedule of the dark horses, but I wanted to talk about them because I think they're interesting. And then we'll get to the way that the rest of the teams are currently standing as the betting markets currently see them in relation to their chances of potentially winning the Pac-12 conference this year. And yes, we will hit every team today and where they were. So let's start with the dark horses because I think this is uh, a really fascinating discussion. And remember, these are not teams that I think are going to win. I'm saying keep your eye on them. And should they win their respective division, either the North or the South, I wouldn't be overly surprised. I wouldn't pick them outright if you're asking for my straight up prediction, but I wouldn't be surprised if any of these teams end up emerging from either of the two divisions in the Pac-12. So let's start with UCLA. They bring back DTR for his fifth season as a starter for UCLA at the quarterback position. That's just not something I, I don't know where that exists elsewhere in college football, especially now. It's just not something you've seen often, maybe ever. UCLA at 17 to 2 is where Bet Online last had them when I checked. Their schedule, I think, gives them a number of opportunities and just, you know, one big opportunity overall, and that's to win the South, but a number of opportunities to at least have a very competitive record in the Pac 12 South. And you expect that they'll be there, you know, in the mix with USC, with Utah, and with Arizona State as well. Probably nobody else down there. You know, I can't see a Colorado or an Arizona, you know, surprising everybody and becoming a contender. I, I just I don't think either roster is really there yet. But I think the South is definitely looking a lot stronger than, than the North at this point in time. And so you would think that make UCLA less likely to become a dark horse contender. But take a look at their schedule. And that's what we do with the favorites. Now we're doing it with the teams that, that are the dark horses here. They start at Colorado. That's a game they should win. No problem. Even if it's in Boulder, you just that, that's a game that, that UCLA should be able to win, and, and I think they will. The other thing that, to keep in mind here is you play nine conference games, so t- some teams have four road games and some teams have five. It's an advantage, obviously, to play more games at home because teams, especially in football, have a better record at home than they do on the road. Everybody knows that, I think. I'm not revealing anything brand new or, or dramatically surprising. With that, uh, with that incredibly hot take. But they go at Colorado. Then they get Washington at home. I think their roster is significantly better than the Huskies. And Chip Kelly is now in his, I, I believe, fifth year 
with, with the Bruins. That sounds right. Fifth, sixth, something in there, something in, in there. Uh, then they have Utah at home. That's a tough game. I like the Utes to come out of the Pac-12 South again, and I'd have them at least right now as the favorites in the conference going into 2022, and then I'd have USC, then I'd have Oregon. Utah is tough, but they get Utah at home, and that's a lot easier than playing Utah in Salt Lake City. Then they go at Oregon. That's a tough stretch, right? Home against Utah at Oregon. That's a really, really tough stretch, which is definitely the most difficult part of the schedule. But then it really starts to lighten up. You get Stanford at home, very winnable game. At ASU will be their toughest road game for sure, aside from Oregon. Then they have Arizona at home, which for them has the potential to serve a little bit as a tune-up before they get USC at home. And I know USC has a completely new team this year, and hardly any of the players from last year's team are still there, and they've done a bunch of revamping. I, I understand all that. USC is going to be better. But UCLA is going to be a good team, and UCLA will be at home. They don't have a great home field advantage, right? It's because the Rose Bowl is not actually on UCLA's campus, so students are, you know, kind of here and there. But I imagine for that USC game, you'll have a pretty good environment. Might be even close to a 50-50 crowd, but that's a game that UCLA can certainly win. If you're just looking at their schedule as a whole, I'd rather have USC at home than I would go to the Coliseum to play USC, which UCLA did handily a year ago winning 62 to 33 and then they close at Cal so only four road games is why this is appealing to me uh, from a scheduling perspective for the Bruins the tough part is that they have to hit both or all three of Oregon Utah and USC who outside of the Bruins are probably going to be the three best teams in the conference this year but getting two of them at home I think that's really big and if they can win one of those games you know, asking any team to win at Autzen Stadium, it just hasn't happened a lot o- over the years. And it's a new staff, but there are a lot of carryovers from last year's Oregon team. And Oregon has just been like, no matter who the head coach has been, the Ducks have been really tough to beat at Autzen Stadium uh, unless you have them in that downtrodden era when, you know, either Herbert was taking over or Braxton Burmeister was the quarterback. And, you know, just not not a, a fun time for, for Oregon Ducks fans. But it's tough to ask him to win at Autzen, but I think if you're UCLA, if you can beat either Utah or USC, which I think they could do. Remember, UCLA was an eight-win team a season ago. They're starting to add some depth in the transfer portal. They picked up an offensive line transfer. Jake Bobo, the wide receivers there. Kaz Allen's an explosive playmaker. You have DTR and Zach Charbonnet. The defense has a new defensive coordinator. I think that'll help them because I don't know how they could have been worse on defense over the last couple of years with Jerry as an arrow. So I, I think that when you look at those, those two games, Utah and USC, those are the games that stand out where if UCLA wins one, that makes them a legit contender in the South because you have a win, not just against a, a division or not just a conference opponent, but also a division opponent, right? So if you say that that Oregon game is a loss and, you know, through nine conference games, you probably have to win, at minimum six, but really seven, right? You have to have seven, eight, or nine to to come out of your division, at least for, for certain. I believe Utah was eight and one a season ago, and Oregon had two Pac-12 losses a season ago, right? Yeah, Utah and uh, and Stanford, and they came out of the north. So you really can't have more than two. Someone will go seven and two or, or eight and one. But if I'm looking at this from UCLA's perspective, I think it is perfectly reasonable to say that, you could beat either Utah or USC 
lose to the other, lose to Oregon, and you could win the rest of those games. I, I think there is a good chance that they can do that. It's not a, a given. It's not, you know, a, a shoe in or anything of the sorts. That's why they're at 17 to two went to win the championship. But I, I just think that that schedule, you know, the, the road games aside from Oregon at ASU, not a brutal environment at Colorado, not a tough team and not a tough environment at Cal. Uh, the Bears could struggle a little bit this year and are not projected to be amazing, though their defense is always really, really tough with Justin Wilcox. But their offense is going to struggle to be as explosive as DTR and Zach Charbonnet on their own. I think that's a tough matchup for the Bears. But those are your road games, right? You only have four. And aside from Oregon, I just don't see any of them being particularly tough. They miss Washington State in this rotation. I think that's important because the Cougs will be a nice team. And I, I think it's also important that I talk to you about Bill Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing it's only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built Bar. I have had one of these. Let me tell you, they are light, pillowy, sweet, delicious fluffy bars of goodness and they've got 16 grams of protein and only 150 calories go to built.com use promo code lock 15 get 15 percent off your order that is promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com i like ucla schedule there i really do and i just think those road games are, are not that tough and I, i'm not going to sit here and guarantee that they will go seven and two but could i see it happening within reason absolutely Let's move to Arizona State, it, a program that just they're trending down off of an eight win season. There are a lot of programs in this conference, Arizona, Cal, Stanford, who would kill to have an eight win season uh, that they're coming off of right now. But ASU, it just feels like they have to do more than that in 2022 or Herm Edwards might get the boot as the head coach. But they were eight and four last year, six and three in conference play. Emory Jones is coming in, probably going to be the starting quarterback and has won games at the Power 5 level, so the drop-off from Jane Daniels to him might not be that significant. So if the Sun Devils can you know, be as successful as they were a season ago and have a couple other games go their way, then suddenly they're right there in the mix. I mean, they were 6-3, and three, so they were right there in the mix in the Pac-12 South to begin with. But their schedule, they start at home against Utah. At least you get the Utes at home. But that's a really, really, really tough conference opener. So I don't love that. And then they go at USC. Again, that's a pretty brutal start. That, that's really, really tough. Is it impossible they win one of those games? No. I think USC would probably be more likely than, than Utah just because, ah, but they have Utah at home. I don't know. That, that's a coin flip, right? You have to find a way to win one of those games if you're going to come out of the Pac-12 South. But then the schedule definitely takes a, a it lightens up as it should right because asu misses oregon this year so they get washington at home that should be a win at stanford very winnable game not a tough environment at colorado again not a tough place to play ucla at home that's big for them right i think that could be a big game if not for determining second but depending on how utah shows up this year could be for for uh potentially first place in the pac-12 south that UCLA-Arizona State game, at least at the time. It's had some decent ramifications in the conference in the last couple of years, that matchup. Then they go at Wazoo. That's a tough one. The Beavs at home. Big that they get the Beavs at home and Arizona on the road. I don't think I would put ASU as a potential dark horse in the conference if, if you had the Beavs on the road and Arizona at home because I think ASU has more talent than Arizona right now, though the Wildcats as a program 
are trending up more than the Sun Devils at the moment. I still think ASU is the better overall team. And Jed Fish is still relatively unproven as a coach, though he's done some nice things so far. But having the Beavs at home in Arizona on the, on the road, I think that gives them more of a chance. But I definitely don't like this schedule quite as much as UCLA. But is it impossible? No. I mean, if you can pull off an upset of Utah or USC, I think Arizona State would then be playing with the sort of confidence that would allow them to end the season strong and only lose one more game, and then you'd be at that 7-2 and two threshold. But I'd put that one not quite as likely as UCLA. And then the other team that I talked about as a dark horse on the last episode of Locked on Pac-12 was Oregon State, who I think are underrated in the betting markets right now. And I understand that you know lines are issued, and then the public bets on them, and they move them along, and sports books are trying to make money. I get all that. But still, you can tell a lot by how how Vegas is perceiving a particular team based on where the odds are. Even if USC at two to one is being juiced because a bunch of people are betting them, they, number one, the public still thinks that, and that means there's a, a sizable portion of uh, of college football fans who think, oh, USC is just going to come in and roll through in year one with Lincoln Riley, which I don't think is particularly likely, though uh, theoretically possible, but. Oregon State here is at 40 to 1 to win the conference. That's a, that's a little low. I'm not saying they should be really high, um, but I'll, I'll get to the teams that are below them to, to wrap up today's show. But the beef schedule is interesting because they like uh, ASU and, or no, so they like UCLA, not ASU. ASU's also got five road games. That's another reason I'm like, eh, I don't know. But just because they were an eight win team a season ago, that alone is enough for me to say, you never know. Keep an eye on him. Emory Jones comes in there, could win some football games in the conference. He's, you, you never know. Beavs at 40 to 1 to me is really, really low, but they like UCLA only four road games. And I think that's big. Now, they like ASU, unfortunately, start with a, a gauntlet at the beginning. And that can be a blessing and a curse. You can get your tough teams out of the way and then start to pick up momentum against relatively inferior opponents compared to those two as the conference schedule goes on. Or you get 0-2, start to feel down, and then you have a stumble in there, and you already have two losses on your schedule, and then it just starts to become a little bit more difficult. But they've got USC at home. That's their first Pac-12 game, which is pretty tough. However, and this is just part of the, the lore and the you know, kind of that mystic nature, just kind of unspoken realities that we have as college football fans. USC has lost in Research Stadium before. It won't be a full Research Stadium. I understand that. But Oregon State a year ago smacked them in the Coliseum. And yes, it's a different team. I understand that. But it's not a fully loaded Lincoln-Riley-Oklahoma roster. And Oregon State, as a program, I would say is trending up. And their defense... Can't be worse than it was last year. I think it's going to be better with Trent Bray as a defensive coordinator. I know Bees fans are certainly hoping that that's the case, but I don't think it's impossible that they that they win that game because they know how to beat USC, so they're not scared of them. You know, from an intimidation standpoint, the way they might have been uh, many many years ago. But even back then, when USC was number one, they've lost in Research Stadium before. It's just, it's those sorts of moments, those superstitions. That's the word I was looking for earlier, frankly. Those superstitions, you just you never know. That's that's why I've got the beeves on there. So they go at home against USC at Utah. Now they beat Utah last year. Maybe they could do it again. 
But just like ASU, if you can win one of those two, you got something cooking. It's going to give your team a lot of confidence. It's going to give your team, you know, that 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 mindset of, oh yeah, we can contend in the Pac-12 this year. And then their schedule gets really, really playable from from that point on. And I'll tell you just how playable it is for Oregon State and Jonathan Smith. But all these lines, of course, are brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. By the way, go Mariners, as always. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Oregon State's schedule is very fascinating. USC at Utah. That's tough. That's tough, but they beat both of those teams last year. Got to give them some confidence as a program going into that. Then they go at Stanford. Very winnable game. Washington State at home. That's big. That's big. I like the Cougs this year to be a solid team as they were a season ago in the Pac-12 North, and they beat the Beavs last year, but now they get them at home. I think that's uh, that's important. Then they go Colorado at home at Washington. I think Oregon State has got a better roster than both of those teams, and I expect them to win. And then they play Cal. I mean, as far as three games in the Pac-12 Conference go, without throwing in Arizona, that's about as easy of a stretch as you're going to get. Right. And so what that could allow for Oregon State to do is to start to have a bunch of momentum as they go and play a couple tougher teams to round out their conference schedule. They finish at ASU and then at home uh, against Oregon. So you get the Ducks at home. That's a lot easier than going to Otson, as the Beavs know, where they haven't won in a very, very long time. Uh, and they're not the only school that hasn't won there in quite some time. But if you if you can be three, what is it? One, two, three, four. If you can be three and one through those first four games, right? You 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 win, and I think it's entirely possible. Stanford and Washington State, those are teams the Beavs can beat. And if you can find a way to beat USC or Utah as you did a season ago, then you can really have something cooking here with the conference schedule, and you can allow for one more slip up and get to that seven and two number that I've been talking about that keeps you as a contender in these Pac-12 conference uh, divisions, right? So Colorado, Washington, Cal, I really think, think that could be three straight wins. No matter who you're playing, you know, even if they're teams that are not going to be the strongest in the conference, three wins against conference opponents in a row, the Bees could pull that off right there, and that just has to give your team a bunch of good vibes going into at ASU in Oregon. And you know, it, it wasn't a close game, and then it was a close game against the Ducks last year. But playing at home, where uh, the Beavs won last time they took on the Ducks in that uh, in that fog game in in 2020, Beavs got the better of Oregon that year. They can beat them at home, and, and that's another reason that that I that I put them on here. So that's it for the uh, the dark horses, and we round out the show today with uh, everybody else. So Oregon State is not the uh, not the lowest odds to to win the the Pac-12 championship there are a few below uh Cal Stanford Colorado and Arizona and interestingly enough and Washington State is among them as well I I like Washington State and I considered putting them in here as a dark horse but I ultimately went with the Beavs 
because I know what I'm going to get from Chance Nolan more than Cam Ward. Now, I, I think Cam Ward has the potential to be a really good player for the Cougars this year and, and Coach Dickert up there in Pullman. But it's always a little bit of a question mark. You just I, I have to see at least a couple games early in the season before I can make a determination. OK, yeah, they, they could do it right, because sometimes guys go from the FCS level to the FBS level and they're able to make the jump and it's fine. Other times it's a little bit of a struggle and that's true at every position, especially at quarterback. So that's the only reason I hold off. I like Cam Ward a lot. I, I just can't you know, put him right now as a dark horse w- without knowing what I'm going to get from that position. But here, here's what I don't understand. Washington is 11 to one. What Washington is 11 to one. That number is absurd. I love our partners at bet online. Very grateful that they sponsor the show. I don't know who came up with that number. I don't know how they got it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense at all. They were four and eight last year. The Beavs were seven and six. Oregon State has a new defensive coordinator, but the same head coach and offensive staff. They have a returning quarterback to an offensive system that is not going to change. Whereas Washington is undergoing a coaching change. They don't know who their quarterback's going to be. They lost a couple of NFL caliber players from their defense, which was their hallmark a season ago in a four and eight year. So it's obviously going to take at least a little bit of a step back, even though I still expect it to be competent in the Pac-12. How do you put Oregon State at 40 to one and Washington 11 to one? I don't get that at all. I think the Beavs will be much better than Washington this year. I expect that. I think in the North, it's, Oregon one, and then I think Washington State, Oregon State, right below them. At uh, you know, honestly, I'd put the bees in, in front of the Cougars for the reason I just mentioned. I know what I'm going to get from Chance Nolan more than Cam Ward. I think Cam Ward's ceiling is higher, but his floor is also lower. So at this point in time, that's why I would put the bees ahead of the Cougs at, at this particular moment. And I just 11 to one. I just I didn't understand that at all. Right. So according to the the odds they stand, it'd be USC, then Oregon then Utah, then UCLA and ASU, and then Washington. I I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe the betting markets love new coaches for some reason. I just, and maybe that's why Oregon and USC are above Utah. I just, I, I don't get that at all whatsoever. I think it's ab- absolutely absurd. I think watch, I, I like Kalen DeBoer. He beat uh, one Pac-12 team a season ago, almost beat another. He almost beat Oregon and Otson, which as I was saying, very, very hard thing to do. Few have accomplished said feat in, in recent memory. I'm just saying, I, I think that Washington's got a longer ways to go as a program compared to where Oregon State is, where the Beavs, I, I think, should expect to at least be mildly competitive for a Pac-12 North title. So I, I just, I couldn't believe that. But, uh, you know, the final teams that are on there, you got Cal at 66 to one. I, I Let's... The final four teams here, I don't think any of these teams can win it this season, can can win the Pac-12 or or their respective uh, division. But doesn't mean they can't have goals, right? Doesn't mean they can't have expectations about where, you know, the fans can't go into it thinking, okay, what's a good season? What's going to have us moving in the right direction? What, what do we want to see here? I think for Cal, you got to get over 500. You, you bring in Jack Plummer from uh, Purdue to, in theory, be the starting quarterback for for the bears and justin wilcox has had a couple winning seasons but you know they've been under 500 the last couple and they got off to a slow start then finished strong last year you got to be able to carry that momentum over i think if cal gets over 500 they'll feel good about where they where they're at stanford at 80 to 1 below them i think they got to be looking in the seven to eight win range or else think about moving on from david shaw because 
that if they're under 500 again, that's three losing seasons in four years. And that has not been the norm for him. And that would be, you know, a, a bad vibe or around the program if they can't do that again. And, you know, we've seen Stanford be one of the best teams in the conference for, you know, about a decade. Right. I mean, it was a really impressive run and it feels like they've kind of gone down to the bottom. That's why they're, you know, 80 to one to, to win the Pac-12 this year as the odds currently stand. So I, I think for them, you should expect a significant jump or else you might need to be you know, moving on fr- from your head coach there. Uh, Colorado, 200 to one. I think the goal is to not have an Arizona type season. Don't go one and 11. Fine. If you find two or three wins, I think that's great for Colorado. I think that'd be a good spot because you know they lost a couple players and overall they're they're you know uh, lewis the quarterback is young and they're uh, just not in a spot where i expect them to contend at this point in time and you know if they don't don't be looking like you can go oh and 12 and i think that'll be a, a fine season for for the buffs uh and then arizona's last 500 to one i'd pick arizona before i'd pick colorado this year i really would um i i like Jaden delora much more than Lewis at the quarterback position. So I, I would definitely lean towards the Wildcats there. And I think their goal, you won one game a season ago. Win three or more. Win, win three or more games. You tell me if you're an Arizona fan, after a 111 season, they go three and nine. They're competitive in a couple of those nine losses. You tell me that doesn't have you feeling optimistic about the direction that, that they're moving. I, I, I think that's a, a reasonable target to for them to, to have their eyes set on. But Anyway, fun, fun talking about all, all this sort of stuff, and it's it's too far away. I want football season, and I want it now, but we have to wait, and we will do so, but we'll be generating content here on Lockdown Pack 12 all summer long, which is why you should like and subscribe if you have not already. I appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time, and have a wonderful rest of your day.